I think a good marketing ploy would be to name the next Jeep Death. What? Okay. I, 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 I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here. Go ahead and, and make your point. Give me liberty or, or give, give me death. Me God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And Joey. That's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Holy crap, it's December. I can't believe it is already December. My gosh. And you know what that means? That it's going to be January before you know it. Turkey, I knew it. Dang it, I knew it. Dang it. Hey, the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. Well, hey there, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I'll be talking about what makes the Jeep Compass a bit more interesting for 2023. I'll also be looking into the return of another formerly used Jeep name badge and what this could mean for an existing model. Ooh, mystery. And stick around later in the show, I continue my multi-part series on used winch buying. Howdy, it's Wendy, and don't forget, my newbie nugget segment is on Tuesdays now. I talk about all kinds of topics for the newest of Jeepers. I'm Tony, and uh, yeah, if you don't already know, we're doing four episodes a week, and we've kind of moved the uh, the days around a little bit. Uh, the The classic, uh, or the flagship episode, I should say, I guess it could be considered a classic, and after we've done it for 25 years, uh, has been moved from Friday to Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, we have our roundtable. On Thursday, we have our second flagship episode, and then on Friday... We do interviews, so it's real easy once you know. Wait a hold a minute, carry the two, carry the plus the one. I can't keep up. Dang so, it. so just look at it this way: you get a little something different uh, every day, four days a week, Tuesday through Friday. I can get down with that. <laughs> Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's this week in Jeep. You know, I've historically not been a huge Compass fan, but they've redesigned it recently, and it's kind of starting to grow on me a little bit. Now, that being said, I'm not going to, like, go out and grab a Jeep Compass poster to hang on my wall or anything like that. But Jeep is preparing to bump the Compass SUV's power output for a uh, with a brand new engine for 2023. That got my ears perked up. According to a document on the EPA's website, the 2023 Compass will have a version of the same turbocharged 2-liter inline-four found in the upcoming 2023 Dodge Hornet. In the Compass, however, the 2-liter inline-four banger will make out 200-plus horsepower and at least 221 pound-feet of torque, both of which represent a significant bump over the old engine and drivetrain. The outgoing engine is not only larger but heavier as well, a naturally aspirated 2.4-liter inline-four with only 177 horsepower and only 172 pound-feet of torque. That's about a 13% increase in power and in torque. That's a difference you can actually feel. 
Now, the 8-speed automatic transmission is standard, and the previous front-wheel drive model has been dropped altogether, another move that I actually support. Now, pricing for the 2023 Compass starts at just over $31,000, the off-road-oriented Trailhawk model starts at just over $37,000, and the loaded high altitude will set you back just over $40K. The only other changes for the 2023 model year for this Jeep include new 17-inch uh, uh, wheels for the lower trim levels and additional driver assistance features as standard equipment. The Compass did re also receive a new infotainment screen and a facelift for 2022 that included a refreshed styling, making it look more closely related to the Grand Cherokee. Design change everyone thought was long overdue. If you're interested in checking out one of these out for yourself, or more likely for a loved one, the 2023 models will begin arriving at dealerships in the first quarter of next year. I like the picture. It looks pretty sporty. Yeah, the, tra the Trailhawk model actually doesn't look half bad as far as styling cues and, and, and that sort of stuff goes. That really looks like a Grand Cherokee. I like the styling of that a lot better. I mean, I don't think yeah. of the uh, of off road uh, prowess with uh, the Grand Cherokee, but for for tooling around town and especially the one uh, the Trackhawk, uh, just blowing and going. I mean, it's it's uh, oh, it's yeah. a nice looking vehicle, just not an off road vehicle to me. No, all of the Trackhawk model Jeeps, the Trackhawk trim Jeeps, are are very much street Jeeps. I mean, right. and they look mean yeah they look good um, they, they really do uh, now that being said obviously you wouldn't want to try and convert one of those for uh, to be a rock crawler but uh, nonetheless you know certain jeeps for certain uh, certain applications um th that being said the track or the, the trailhawk version of of the uh the compass especially with the power rating now might actually be a, a formidable little off-roader now, that being said, it's still going to require a fair amount of aftermarket support to make it worth its weight as far as off-roading goes when compared against something like a Wrangler, for instance, uh, even Jeeps of yesteryear. Uh, so with that, I, I don't know how much we're going to see in the aftermarket for the 2023 Compass. Time will tell in that. Uh, but as we've seen over the last several years, Jeep and Mopar uh, putting out, and it, well, Jeep performance parts especially, uh, putting out a, a massive amount of what would be considered aftermarket goodies. Uh, things like suspension and, and other sorts of, of off-road ability uh, enhancements that can really bring a factory Jeep up to another level while still maintaining the warranty. Yeah, styling. I mean, the, I think when I think of the Compass, it's just like, eh, it's just, uh, uh, you know, not, I was going to say this boxy, but not even a good kind of boxy. Yeah, no, it, it kind of fell into the category of those other Jeeps, almost the non-Jeeps, if you will, the more car-like Jeeps. The, right. the, the, the Compass was in there, uh, and of course, the Liberty, and which brings us to our, our next story. Now, because the naming executives at Jeep and its parent company, Stellantis, don't have a single imaginative bone in their body, <laughs> the Jeep Liberty name badge is being regurgitated. The question is, though, is it a new model or will an old Jeep get a new name? And we'll kind of peel the layers back on that here in a second. The website CarBuzz recently discovered that uh, a trademark documentation was filed by Jeep with the United States Patent and Trademark Office, the USPTO, for the word Liberty. The application was filed on the 17th of November of 2022 and was, was filed under the category of vehicles as its primary class. Why would Jeep do this, though? Don't they already own the rights for Liberty? I mean, we all remember mm -hmm. the Jeep Liberty, right? It's not like mm -hmm. that was something that didn't happen. 
But according to the rules and regulations of patents and trademarks, a trademark does not expire as long as it remains in continued use. If it lays dormant for a period of time, such as 10 years, well, it expires. Well, it just so happens that it has been 10 years since Jeep pasted the Liberty badge to the rear end of the second generation KK Liberty. Now, if you're too young to remember what a Liberty was, here's the abridged version. In 2002, Jeep wanted a bigger difference between the Cherokee and the Grand Cherokee, so the former was renamed the Liberty. Jeep built two generations of the Liberty before finally coming to its senses and discontinued production in 2012. Jeep listens to its Jeepers now, and had they done so back then, the Cherokee would have lived on and we wouldn't have been haunted by the days of the Jeep Liberty. And yes, I do believe that they would have made it differently if the name had carried on as a Cherokee. But if you ask me, both generations of the Liberty were absolute garbage warmed over. <laughs> the second generation Cherokee, the 84-2001 XJ, remains an absolute legend still to this day. And still, to this day, in 2022, rolling into 2023, the Jeep Cherokee XJ still has a ton of aftermarket support. Liberty? Not so much. Yeah. Now, we haven't received a model update announcement for the 2023 model year Cherokee either, and that kind of raises some bells. And only 2022 models are available on Jeep's website. The same is true of the Compass. Now, you can order the 2023 model year of virtually every other model Jeep that Jeep sells in the USA, but those two. So this then begs the question, is this an indication that the Cherokee and the Compass models are on their way out? Well, time will tell, of course. We don't have that information readily available right now, and Jeep certainly is keeping this pretty close to the vest. But keep this in mind, however. We have all heard about how the Cherokee Nation is not very happy with Jeep using its name. Sports teams like the Cleveland Indians and the Washington Redskins have opted for woke ideology and have famously, or infamously rather, changed their names. But Jeep has refused to take part in such virtue signaling. There was a report in March of 2021 stating that Jeep was open to changing the name, but we haven't heard anything since. Meanwhile, the Grand Cherokee just keeps winning awards left, right, and sideways. The fifth-generation Cherokee has been on sale since 2014, so a replacement must be waiting in the wings, as Jeep rarely goes much more than maybe about 9 or 10 years before actually doing a full refresh on a model. But will Jeep go back to using the Liberty name due to pressure from the Cherokee Nation? Well, if so, the million-dollar question arises. Is Jeep, what is going to be happening with the Grand Cherokee then at that point? Lots of unanswered questions. Yeah. So bear with me here. I think, uh, and this is why I'll never be president of uh, Jeep. Uh, I think that a good uh, is marketing. This, why? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the many reasons. Uh, <laughs> I think a good marketing ploy would be to name the next Jeep Death. What? Okay, I, 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 I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt here. Go ahead and and make your point. Give me liberty. Or, or give, give me death. Me God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I, love, I love you guys trying to guess. Oh, <laughs> he got us. That was too easy. Whatever well, you need. The, like, transmission, the transmission in my brain doesn't have that gear. I, I kind of go, go over into the left, and it just won't drop into that, that gear. There's nothing there. <laughs> you, on the other hand... <laughs> <laughs> Bill every time Bill looked at me today and said he was he was smiling from ear to ear and he's shaking his head going too soon so you know <laughs> it's in person too <laughs> oh 
man. But, but I mean, it's great. If they, if they get rid of the liberty, then they come out with death. So give me liberty. Oh, give me death. That would be a great marketing campaign. I mean, it virtually writes itself. And wouldn't it be yeah, a it cool does. name? I mean, could you have, imagine the, the badge? I mean, those that you could do with the bony fingers, you know, for, for the, the word death. And it, it just, what I just, is that over there? Oh, that's, that's a Jeep. I haven't seen that one before. What oh, is it? That's death a Jeep model. Death, <laughs> death yeah. model. Is that's it safe? Want to go for a ride? <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm, I'm good. I'd be, I'd be a big seller with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness sakes. Well, Jeeper, if you have a news tip or response to any one of these stories, and, and we always love hearing what you guys have to say about our Jeep stories, be sure to let us know. You can do it by phone or by email. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the different ways you can interact with us here on the show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, be sure to head over there if you haven't been there recently. The 4x4 Radio Network has the web's best collection of the Internet's best off-roading podcasts. And it's all in one place, too, and it's all for free. You can find Trail Chasers there, the Center Steer Podcast, the 4x4 Podcast, even the On the Trail Podcast, and, of course, the Jeep Talk Show is there as well. Lots of great off-road shows. It's all in one place. It's all for free. Head over to the number four, the letter X, the number four, and radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Hey, coming up at Tech Talk, we wrap our used winch buying guide. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. Now that Thanksgiving is over... It's that time of year that we all love. No, I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm talking about we don't get to hear the turkey gobble call for at least another year. Thank God that's over. Christmas reminds me of one of my uh, fondest childhood memories when I made a snowman, but I needed something for the nose. So I went to the vegetable drawer in search of the perfect carrot. Yeah, my mom caught me and uh, gave me the beating of a lifetime. Yeah, apparently she doesn't like it when I pick my nose. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. And you have a good one. Bye. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show has been my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. Yeah. You like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps. I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. And big thanks to Chris for uh, doing that promo uh, with us. And uh, you can find out uh, more about Chris and his blog at sevenslats.com. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! In episode 716, I started talking about the things that you need to know when buying a used winch. We know where to look now to get the best deals on a used winch and the types of winches that we're likely going to be looking for. In this episode, we're going to get into some of the considerations you need to take into account when it comes to mounting and powering that used winch. And so to that end, we need to make sure your Jeep is set up for a winch in the first place. Now, you don't necessarily need to already have a winch bumper and be pre-wired with all the cables needed before you go out and buy your new-to-you winch. But knowing what the Jeep needs to have in place ahead of time may help when deciding just how deep you want to go down this rabbit hole. 
You may decide that buying new is the better way to go versus putting in the work and effort to bring something back from the dead. Either way, all winches require power, and a fair amount of it too, and this means at the very least you need to have a good battery. One battery will do, but two is better. So make sure your battery is in good condition and that it can handle the, the massive load that a winch will put on it and the charging system as a whole. Now many service centers will do this kind of system check for you for free, so call around and find a place close to you that does this and be sure to mention your plans to add a winch to your Jeep. Now, if they find that your battery isn't up to the task of powering a winch or is at the end of its functional life cycle, well then consider replacing the battery and upgrading it. You know, while you're in there. A bigger, better battery with a bigger reserve will only be a good thing for your Jeep. And of course, having a properly working alternator to keep that battery good and charged is important too. They'll test all of that and give you a report card and some recommendations as to what to do next, if anything at all. Now, getting all that power from the battery to the winch is the other half of this equation. Winches draw a massive amount of power, more than anything else on your Jeep. So the cables that supply the power that supply this power to that winch, well, they need to be up to the task of transmitting all that juice. That's why you see those large diameter wires hooked up to every winch that you'll see on virtually any vehicle. The bare minimum size for a winch power cable will be 4 gauge. Now, that wire is going to be recommended by most manufacturers, but I'm going to recommend using 2 gauge as it will help the winch perform better. The smaller the number in the wire gauge, the larger the wire diameter. The larger the wire, the more amperage can freely flow through it, thus providing more power to the winch while it's under load. Now, large wire isn't cheap, so be sure to budget for it and the connectors that will need to go on the ends of these wires, too. Now, of course, you will need a place to put your winch once you have it, and if you're at all like me, you'd rather that winch go on the front of your Jeep than on the top of your workbench. But if there's repairs that need to be done, this will give you some time to figure out how you're likely going to be mounting that winch to the Jeep. Now, your Jeep may already have a winch bumper, but the previous owner took the winch with them. Or maybe you just haven't had the funds to fill the hole in the bumper that you bought last year. Either way, look into all the different mounting solutions available to you for your Jeep. And no, a winch bumper is not the only way to put a winch on the front of a Jeep. There are lots of options, and they all incorporate into various aspects of the Jeep, and some even incorporate into the factory bumper, and there are plenty strong, too. So don't worry, you don't necessarily have to fork out a thousand bucks or more just for a mounting solution for your budget winch. Now, a lot of it will come down to looks, but mostly budget. The bigger, the badder, the more cool-looking something is for your Jeep, chances are, the more likely it is to be expensive as well. Now, that doesn't mean you should cheap out, though. Saving up a couple more months is better than pulling the trigger too early on something that you'll regret buying down the road. But even then, one Jeeper's junk is another Jeeper's treasure. I mean, that's how you found this winch, after all, right? So no matter what, you'll always be able to recoup some of the cost by selling something off down the road to somebody else. Now, the mounting plate for the winch is also only part of the equation, and chances are the used winch that you picked up didn't come with a little bag of hardware that is included when they are new. You know, for you to mount it with, that is. So, with that, you need to figure out how long and of what size of nut and or bolt you're going to need to mount said winch to said Jeep. Now, when it comes to this, don't get fancy. Stay away from the chrome stuff or whatever it is you pulled from your great-grandfather's junk drawer. Go to the hardware store get yourself some grade 8 hardware and be done with it. And if you want to take it a step further, you can opt for the security mounting solution from Factor 55 that you heard about in a recent must-have pick of the week for your Jeep here on Jeep Talk Show. 
And if you're worried about somebody unbolting your winch, that is, or if you're just wanting a conversation piece, that Factor 55 unit is, is certainly the way to go. Well, Jeeper, it looks like we've run out of segment time for this Tech Talk. So in the next Tech Talk, we're going to get into the actual testing of used winches and all the things to look for when checking for the function or the usability of a used winch. And of course, how to test a used winch. Don't worry, I'm not going to leave you hanging. We're going to get into all the nitty gritty. So be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out. I, I like this segment because it does give people options to buying a brand new one and actually being in a repair and or fix something. I think this is great, Josh. Yeah, knowing how yeah. it goes together means they can fix it in the future, too. Exactly. Oh, 100%. I love it. So recently, I, I did a service on my, my own winch, and uh, it was getting really slow uh, to the point of where um, I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to do a full pull anymore. And, and so typically when something like that is, is happening, uh, that, that tells me, okay, the, the, the winch is full of gunk. Uh, the, the lubrication inside is starting to fail. Um, it is, is getting gunked up with, uh, with old grease, old lubricant, uh, uh, dust and dirt has gotten in there and is doing its job as well, uh, mucking things up and, and all of that with all these fine, uh, meshed gears and everything make everything turn very slowly. And, and so I cleaned everything out, you know, got it really cleaned out and then put a, you know, fresh bunch of grease in there. I, I, the thing operates brand new now. I mean, it is so much faster now. It's you just know, not even some funny. people would just say, oh, it's time to buy a new winch because this You're one's right. going out. You're mm -hmm. right. And, exactly. and that's the, those are the kinds of things that I'm going to be teaching you in the next Tech Talk of how to look out for and even what to do about certain certain things when you run into certain issues with a, with a winch or something like that. I'm going to teach you how to diagnose certain issues and what to do about them and how to save some money when it comes to rebuilding all that. All that's going to be happening on the next Tech Talk. We're going to get into some really crazy stuff when it comes to uh, buying a used winch. So this will be the kind of stuff that you're actually wanting to sink your teeth into. So look out for the next Tech Talk. That's going to be the good stuff. So if this steps on your uh, coming up uh, Tech Talk segments, just to say, you know, let's wait until we get there, that, that's perfectly sure. fine. But whenever you opened up, because I've never opened up a winch, but I'm I'm thinking oh. they're pretty simple things. Uh, that they're electric motor. I mean, as long as you're not having to rewind the motor, <laughs> you know that it's pretty simple stuff. I mean, that, that I mean, pretty it's, anybody it's that anybody that has some mechanical ability can look at and go, well, there's not even there's not a lot of parts here. It's pretty easy. Uh, it, it makes sense when you look at it, is what I'm, what I'm asking. What I will say is it, um, a winch is a lot like a transfer case. If you've ever been in a transfer case, they're, they're very similar as far as planetary gears. Oh, interesting. Uh, I did the not way know that. that things, the way that things stack up and stuff like that. Um, and, and so as long as you are very, very uh, detail-oriented... And you pay attention to the order in which things come out and, and, mm -hmm. and follow that order uh, for the way that things go back in, you're not going to have a problem. But they're not exactly super simple devices. There's a lot going on in there. There's gears that have to, to, to mesh up right. Things all have to sync up and, and be uh, coaxial. Um, and it's, it's hard to get things to center right sometimes. So uh, you, you got to pack some patience. You, you got to have a little bit of, of uh, technical and mechanical aptitude to you. But no, it's not impossible. It's not brain surgery. And it certainly doesn't require any specialty tools. What it does require is a good workspace. Um, like I said, a fair amount of patience. And this is going to be a dirty job. Winches are dirty, plain and simple. 
So this is going to be something that you're going to get messy. You, 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 you're going to need to have a lot of gloves. You know, you're going to be wiping things down. You're dealing with grease and, and likely old grease and sometimes even rusty grease and, and stuff like that. It's, it's going to be nasty. It's going to be, it's going to be gross. Um, but you can do it. And, and, uh, and it, it, I'm going to, I'm going to help you along the way in our next episode, uh, going through some common issues and some of the things to look out for. And of course, what to do about certain things. So we're, we're going to really peel back the layers. We might even go a little bit long. So the next tech talk may be one of those kinds where you got to, you know, grab a snack, grab a beverage. Cause we're going to be at it for a minute. <laughs> So uh, you mentioned planetary gears, and I, I remember putting in the short uh, shaft into the NP242 for the slip yoke eliminator kit yeah. from Tom Wood, and right. uh, it, was, uh, it was amazingly simple until I, I turned over the, the assembly, and all these bearings fell out. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Oops. what the hell? Yeah. What's holding those things in? Well, gravity and grease. Gravity and grease. Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, little, like I said, there's there's a lot of similarities between a transfer case and a winch and getting into one. Now, a transfer case is is got fluid in it where a winch uh, has grease in it. So, you know, opening one up, it's not going to spill all over the place. But that being said, it all depends on how that grease is separated, right. how old that winch is, what's going on with it. A lot of factors there to consider. But, uh, but yeah, we'll get into all that. Well, that's interesting. I'll have to look at an exploded view of uh, of a winch perhaps one that was pulled off a winch by uh trying to steal it uh that would be a good exploded I, view. i've got some <laughs> pictures i think i've got some pictures of when i did mine i'll have to see if i can't dig those up and uh and send them to you and that way you can at least oh, you know yeah, see be what, nice. the, what the inside of a, of a winch looks like yeah and wh which one do you have it's a uh i've got a, XLR8? I've got a yeah, I've got a Smitty built uh, XR8, XRC8, XLR. It's it's one of the eight thousand pound Smitty built winches. Right. Yep, uh, I think that's what I've got on my wife's Jeep. Oh no, actually, uh, there was a rotation when I got the Warren winches, the Super winches on her Jeep now. Well, anything to add, Jeeper? Maybe you have a question or a topic for Tech Talk. Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Send us a message, and uh, we'll be sure to write in the subject field Tech Talk. Uh, let us know that it, uh, it's an idea that you have for this segment. And who knows? Maybe uh, something here, uh, an episode here in the future, you'll be hearing a segment that you suggested. This is Zach from CNM Jeeps. This is Lisa Simon from Trim Perfect. This is Alan Peterson with Painless Performance Wiring. This is Amy from TNA Decal. This is Neil from SFJ4x4.com. This is Randall Spear, Motorsports Manager from Dana Aftermarket. This is Paul Wolf from ENI USA RM. I'm John Eastmore from Black Forest. This is Nathan Leahy from Mickey Thompson Tires and Wheels. And you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. And a nice big Jeep wave goes out to all of our friends and fans in the off road industry. We thank you for your support. Hey, coming up on episode 721, our Friday interview episode uh, tomorrow, uh, Ryan Thurston of RedArcElectronics.com. That's Thurston Howell the third, <laughs> you fat bastard, you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, uh, and if uh, if you guys don't recall, uh, I think it was Jock, uh, Jock. it was uh, Josh, Chuck, and I, and I think maybe you too, Wendy, uh, we're talking about uh, dual battery systems and the various ways that you could charge them. And uh, we got Red Arc Electronics. I think that was a, a Chris get uh, because of that conversation uh, to come on and talk about the, the various... Right. 
whatever <laughs> the, the the various systems uh, that are available and uh, red arc electronics makes some really nice stuff so no, uh, they really do I, yeah. I i vouch for them yeah so go over there and check out their website redarcelectronics.com at least while you're listening to the interview so, Wendy, Josh, I thought we would uh, throw in a little XJ talk in here. It's been uh, a, a number of years that we've uh, devoted much effort towards the XJs. We talked a little bit about uh, your XJ, Josh. Uh, oh, yeah. It was a bit depressing. Uh, so I thought we would just <laughs> not go not go there again because, you know, a, a, a broken Jeep is always sad because that's a that's a Jeep that's not living a life. It's uh, waiting well, you know, to live again. Tony, a lot of the stuff that we talk about here on the show is is very cross-platform. Oh, absolutely. Now, certainly there, there are items that we have like for, uh, you know, pick of the week for your Jeep type of stuff or, or I might go into a, a Tech Talk segment that is more related to one Jeep versus another. Uh, but, I mean, let's just take, for instance, the current current tech talk that we're operating on right now is about winches mm -hmm. and and that can apply to to any jeep uh for that matter um but you know xjs are obviously close to close to our hearts both yours and and mine uh hell that's that's how this show got its start uh back in the day was the xj talk show with just you and me right um and, and so yeah definitely a topic near and dear to our heart but uh but for you listening uh if you hear us talking about you know something like a tj for instance well the tjs and the xjs Share the drive. A lot of the drivetrain is identical uh, to them as far as the engine and the and the transmission and, and transfer case and everything that was in those. Um, and so a lot of the stuff that we talk about can actually go cross platform as well. Uh, and so if you hear something we're talking about it uh, and you're thinking, well, that might not apply to my Jeep. Well, do a little bit of research. You might actually find that it will, or we, we might actually let you know that it does. Mm -hmm. And it's actually you mentioned the the TJXJ thing, and there are some. Uh, uh, hardcore wheelers that use TJs, and they will actually adapt an AW4, and there's not a lot of adapting you have to do other than the transmission control module uh, mm -hmm. out of an XJ, but they'll take the AW4 out of an XJ and put it in a, a TJ, which never came that way from the factory, but it'll bolt right up, and yeah. uh, you probably have to get a drive shaft or two made, but <laughs> but uh, the transfer case is the same one. So, yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of things that you can do. And if, uh, like I said, if you're a rock crawler, you probably prefer an automatic. And the AW4 is a absolutely amazing automatic yeah, transmission. Yeah, it's a great training. So, anyway, you were talking about a winch, and a winch uh, requires power. Uh, and really, I think the majority of that uh, uh, current and stuff comes from the battery. But the size of your alternator uh, can uh, uh, mean the difference between uh, recharging that battery quickly and, and actually how much winch, you, winch time you have. So I thought it might be an easy conversation to talk about the uh, XJ alternator, what the, the one it comes with and things that you can do to upgrade it. If you, if you recall that stuff, Josh, I mean, I'm thinking. Yeah, I sure, I sure do. Yeah, yeah the I, factory XJ alternator is not exactly what I would call a huge power plant. Oh, no. I think 90 amps uh, is the I was going to say, standard. I think 88 is the, is the factory spec on, on, this, on the stock XJ alternator. Now, I think the limiteds came with one that was like 98 or something like that. It had just a few more amps. Uh, not much more, but it was enough, uh, a little bit extra as to, to help power all the extra uh, components, uh, niceties, uh, uh, luxury items that you would find in the, um, the limited series of Jeeps. Things like, you know, power seats, heated mirrors, you know, that, that sort of stuff. So, um, but the XJ alternator certainly left a lot to be desired. Um, now, the four liter engine that it's attached to, certainly a, a behemoth, uh, a workhorse unto itself, and, and arguably one of Jeep's best motors it ever, it ever made. Uh, well, you can say the AMC made it, whatever. 
Chrysler, whatever. Uh, but nonetheless, the alternator on that, um, there is a ton of aftermarket support um, for those. There's also some cross-platform stuff that you can do there you as go. well, yeah. like taking an alternator off of another Jeep and bolting it right on. Now, the, one of the most common um, upgrades uh, in, in, in going down that path would be pulling a, uh, uh, an alternator off of another four-liter engine off of another Jeep that had more had higher power requirements the Grand Cherokee comes to mind. And yes, the Grand Cherokees did come with inline sixes. A lot of the, um, the, the ZJs, of course, and the, and the WJs, I believe also uh, for the first couple of few years had the inline four liter um, uh, that, that they used. The alternators on those were much more powerful. I think starting around 130 amps um, is, is what you get out of, a, uh, out of a factory ZJ alternator. Now, the one thing that I will mention on, on this, although... Let's say you have a 95 wide or a 95 XJ, a 95 Jeep Cherokee. Um, you could pull a, a alternator from a 98 ZJ, and it'll be you know 136 amps, whatever it may be, and it will bolt right in. The problem is the vehicle wiring and how you hook it up to uh, hook it up to the alternator. The plugs aren't the same. Now they are all two wire um, uh, two wire systems. Um, meaning that they've got, uh, well, technically they're a three-wire system. You've got the main charging port that goes from the alternator to the battery, but then there's another two wires. Uh, one of them is for the OBD2 uh, system, and I believe the other is for um, uh, the light in the dash uh, and sends that signal between the two. So um, if, you, if your charging system goes out, the little battery light in your dash comes on, and that's, that's how that works. So... With that, you can modify the plug. You know, you could cut the plug off of one, modify the pigtail, um, and do that sort of thing, making sure that wire for wire gets going to the right place, all that sort of stuff. You're going to have to look at the wiring diagram, make sure that things are, are you know, doing that sort of stuff. But, um, but you want to make sure that uh, at the end of the day that you're going to be able to uh, to hook it up. You may be able to bolt it in, but you got to hook it up as well, so that may require some things. So when you're buying that alternator, Make sure that you're looking at the plug and make sure that the plug on that alternator matches the the plug that uh, that your Jeep has. And of course, Outside. the great thing about the internet is is that even if it doesn't match, I mean, you can usually get the plug and to see what the wiring is and this wire got wired right. up appropriately. Right, and that that's that's what I did. I ended up getting a, a Grand Cherokee alternator for my Jeep. I did not pay attention to the years, um, <laughs> and uh, and I got an alternator that had a different plug configuration. Right. Well, I didn't have that plug, and I was like, ah, screw it. I, I you know I think it was it was one of those things where. I did it on a Sunday. I needed to take the Jeep to work that Monday. Um, so I just needed something to, to get going. And so I just made my own plug out of some quick, uh, you know, some, some crimp ends. Right. And that's the way that it's been for... God, oh, really? Know, that's interesting. Years. I'm really surprised yeah. you've left it like that. I mean, if it works and it's not causing a problem, that's great. Haven't had a single issue. And, you know, I live up here in the Pacific Northwest. There is a fair amount of, of water uh, and so it's not like that alternator hasn't seen its its fair amount of splashing. Right. Uh, and I, I haven't had an issue. Now, now, granted, I, I made sure that those connections are solid and they're not going anywhere. Um, but that being said, that's not, quote unquote, the best way to do it, not the right way to do it. So every uh, so often when you hit a bump, you don't pull over and, and jiggle the wires and the, no, the, no, light, no. the alternator light goes back no, out no, and you're no. okay. I okay, damn good. near jumped that Jeep with, uh, with, the, with its current configuration and haven't had any issues. So, no, it's, it's so I mean, it, that it, should it, be a lesson to you guys because you, you don't absolutely have to have the absolute plug that goes in there. There's other ways around this. And this is this is the same as true for trail repairs. Sometimes you've got to do stuff 
that's just yeah. going to work good enough. And and that's true. and the call it Jimmy Riggin. Yeah, and and the <laughs> and pardon the pun, the trail to success is trying things and learning what works, getting in there, getting your hands dirty. So yeah. uh, I was actually uh, noticing that there's uh, uh, the it doesn't have to be a six cylinder Josh it can be a V8 alternator but uh, for like for the ZJ which is a Grand Cherokee right but I believe that's the one that you have to uh, modify the yes. bracket you have to it's right. a little bit of grinding so the alternator will fit but you can go from 88 or 90 or whatever it is to 136 amps uh, alternator and uh, that's that's a big jump. Uh, in uh, in power generation from that alternator. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I almost double. Uh, you know, in 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 that regard. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, it's certainly uh, an upgrade that you should consider, especially if you're getting into the into the part of your build where you're starting to add lights to the vehicle. If you're thinking about adding a winch, things like that. You know, all those sorts of considerations um, really sort of dictate an upgrade to to um to the alternator itself but that's not where you want to end with things because having all that extra power having a good battery and everything that that's great and all but if all of the transmission lines between everything is garbage well you're not doing yourself any favors and in fact you could be doing yourself a disservice if not possibly even creating a worse problem so think of it this way um, maybe you're, you, you've got a couple hundred thousand miles on the Jeep and well, you know, it's been retired to toy status. You don't have to really worry about it, but it's got a lot of miles on the clock and that wiring has seen its fair share of miles as well. And so some of those, like, like, like the starter wire, the wire, the wire that goes from the alternator to the battery, you know, those, those kind of cables, the ground wire and all those, you might want to think about upgrading those at the same time. Um, because now if you're going to be going and, and putting a larger power plant uh, and what I mean by power plant is, is an alternator, a larger alternator in your Jeep, um, why would you want to feed all that extra power through a crusty corroded set of wires, wires that are going to create resistance, resistance that could create heat and possibly a fire. So, you know, if you're not getting the kind of uh, amperage transmission that you should be, if you're going to be doing something like replacing the alternator, while you're in there, you might as well think about upgrading the wiring as well. Stock wiring gauge, I think, is 8-gauge on, on those leads. You want to at least go up to 4-gauge. Um, and you can, you can go up from there as well. And I want to point out, too, that this isn't just old wiring or corroded. Those things certainly cause issues, more resistance in the line. But if, you, if, some, if you're using wiring that's designed for uh, 88 amps max current draw, and now you're throwing something in there. It's 136 or 160. You can you can really get high on these alternators at the amount yep. of current. So you won't have a problem until you're pulling uh, m- m- uh, more than that 88 amps, which is the whole point of this. You want to be able to put to pull more uh, energy from this alternator. But whenever it goes to 90, 100, 120, now the resistance in that smaller diameter wire is going to cause that wire to heat up and 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 it's going to get hot it's going to cause a problem it could be a fire if you're lucky all it will do is melt and the the charging system will stop so you have to you have to think about it uh upgrading the wiring and there's there's kits out there uh i think on amazon there used to be a guy that actually made wiring kits uh for the xj and so you really need to plan on doing not only the alternator, 
but upgrading the wiring, the wire that goes down to the starter, the wire that goes to the battery, the ground wire, all that stuff needs to be a larger diameter, good quality copper uh, cable. And it's very easy to do too. Yeah, it and is. There are ton of great write-ups on on the internet that show you step by step you know what you need to consider you know lengths and all that sort of stuff but honestly if you if you got a tape measure um and and you know you can scribble down some numbers and stuff like that and get some rough lengths more is always better you know you it's it's a lot easier to have uh it's a lot better to have more wire and not need it than need more wire and not have it you'll always be able uh, to I, use it <laughs> yeah exactly so um it's it's one of those things to where uh and it if if you can't find a kit out there, certainly, uh, certainly you can make your own. I mean, you know, go down to the local stereo shop and say, hey, you know, I, I need uh, X amount of feet of, you know, uh, a four gauge power cable um, in red and X amount of feet and power cable in black, you know, and, and, and just knock it out. Uh, you know, they'll be able to hook you up with some uh, uh, ring terminals as well. Uh, to make everything, you know, go but upgrade those uh, battery terminals while you're at it to some good marine grade brass ones. Um, and and I mean, just you know, get into it a little bit. I think I uh, all things said and done, I didn't use a kit for mine. I made all of my own cables. I think I went two gauge on everything, and um, I think I spent sixty to eighty bucks. I think on on everything mm -hmm. uh, to get it done. So I mean, that's a good investment this, too. Uh, less than a hundred bucks to drastically increase the performance of your charging system on your Jeep. I think that's a worthwhile investment. And uh, there's also, and I don't want to get too complex on this and, and, and make you shy away from doing this, but uh, yes, you can, this isn't the smoke and mirrors. You can actually get uh, online and look at wire calculators for 12-volt uh, systems, and it will tell you, it'll allow you to put in the, uh, the, the voltage, the amperage, and the length of the wire that you need to run. So what do you think it is, about three feet of wire between the alternator and the, the starter? Or I, it may not even be that long. It might be, a, it might be about three feet or thereabouts. Um, I, and at one point in time, I had all these numbers memorized as right. far as lengths and stuff goes and, and, and all that sort of stuff. I want to say, I, I think the longest run was about 32 to 36 inches. So, you know... But that's one chunk of wire, you know. I mean, obviously, you're gonna you're gonna get everything in 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 one long roll. Uh, you you know, you're not gonna have them cut it to length for you. You're just gonna say, hey, I need 18 feet of uh, you know four gauge or two gauge red, and I'm gonna need you know three and a half feet of, of black. You certainly don't need as much ground cable as you do power cable because the grounds are relatively short. Right. So you can actually go on and calculate this stuff up, and you're not even pressing button, number buttons. You're just punching in information, and it will tell you the different gauge wires and how long that wire can be and what the voltage drop is. Again, the resistance in the wire is going to cause the voltage to drop. The more the voltage drop, the more heat is going to be generated in the wire. So, I mean, uh, but, I mean there's a lot of places online that will tell you exactly what size gauge you need to get. You order it off of Amazon, uh, go down to Ace Hardware, someplace that sells cop good, good quality copper wiring. And I would get the the color stuff because it just makes it easier when you're looking at things. Yeah, and it, I mean, do do the the person who's working on your Jeep a favor and keep things color coded. You yeah, know? <laughs> just so yeah. when somebody else is under your Jeep and uh, they they want to move that wire, uh, th knowing that the red wire is is you know the hot wire and the black wire is the ground, it's it's going to do them a, a favor yeah. as well. Don't label the wire uh, Sparky. Uh, make it a red cable. <laughs> now, now, Tony, you said you know, uh, make sure you get some good copper wire. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add another term, uh, term de art, if you will, okay. um, uh, for that oxygen free. 
It has to be oxygen free. And another thing you want to look at is whether or not your shielding, the, the, what's wrapped around that wire, um, is, is petroleum safe. Meaning it, it oh, will yeah, resist, resist resist degradation uh, if it gets some some petroleum product on that, whether that be gas or oil, road grime, whatever it may be. If it contains any degree of petroleum distillate whatsoever, it can actually start eating away the the outside of the wire, the the, the, right. the soft part. Could that, um, could at that point, you, if you've got a wire that's close to metal and suddenly the 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 shielding is starting to get eaten away on it, um, you get a dead short that that. Two gauge wire can suddenly turn into a welding cable, and you're going to have a no good, very bad day. That'll be a very hot uh, situation. So yeah. uh, that's something that you probably would have to be careful at going to the audio store. I would think because isn't audio cables not meant to generally not meant to be in a petroleum environment? No, it is because this this is automotive related material. I mean, so you're thinking about uh, you know competition audio systems that those those amplifiers need to get their power from something. Right. And it's generally through a large, you know, large gauge wire um, that goes from that amp to the battery itself. And so these these cables need to be in the engine compartment, exposed to okay. the heat, exposed to the elements, exposed to what this, you know, comes up from the ground and all that sort of stuff. So it's what just power cables. It's just power yeah. cables that are the really big ones. There's no large cables going to the speakers. Well, I mean, certainly not two gauge wire going to speakers. No, you're yeah, not. I've never looked at high that. high end audio stuff. I just no. figured with the, some of these no, jokers that are doing thousands and thousands of watts, I I actually thought they were speaker wires. But you look at some of the stuff that you can get, like through Amazon or eBay online and stuff like that. It may not be up to that quality. So All that's right. why if you're if you're going to be if you're going someplace where you can't look at what's printed on the cable itself, you can't see what the rating is and all that sort of stuff. Then, then don't get it. it you know, it, it needs oh, yeah. to be a certain, certain kind yeah. of wire. So, you know, yeah, you're not going to get something that you're going to end up having that's going to fall apart or cause a problem later on down the road. So make sure that you're getting the right tool for the job. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I think you may have already mentioned it, but where, where are uh, some good sources? Do you know of any good, really good sources, maybe online where you can buy a cable, good good quality cable uh, man it's going to change i mean from when i did mine to to now it's going to be a completely different ball game um and, and so to be honest i i would just start doing some shopping I, I wouldn't discount your your local audio shop though or or even possibly a hardware store um just make sure that you can you can find out i mean and it might take you know looking onto the side of the reel and seeing, okay, what's printed on the side of the reel where all this wire is coming from, because it may not be laser etched properly as far as what the kind of rating and 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 uh, and what it's susceptible to, and you know all that sort of stuff. So it may be all printed on the side of the reel that the wire is coming off of. You may have to look at that in order to get that information from, because the Yahoo that you know is getting paid minimum wage to unspool some wire and cut it to length doesn't know exactly what the hell he's dealing with. Right. Now the audio shop technicians are going to know most likely and 99% of the time you go into an audio shop you're going to be getting wire that's going to be safe to use in any any vehicle um, so but that being said it's also going to be retail it's going to have a markup it's going to be more expensive than what you're going to find online so if you end up you know finding something online make sure that you find something that um, you know that's going to fit the bill and it's going to last exactly uh, I, I just did a quick search, and uh, I found a uh, XJ uh, alternator kit from jeepcables.com. That sounds like a good place. <laughs> you know. But, but keep in mind, this is $145. 
but they have all the cables uh, and they are black and red cables like what we were describing and uh, if you if you don't want to go through the process of making all these things your, yourself and having all the... I mean, this goes from the battery... Well, uh, this is certainly a nice alternative, Tony. Yeah. I mean, look at this. You 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 get to choose the year of your vehicle, so they know the measurements already. Right. Um, you get to choose your wire size. You can choose two gauge, and in fact, and it comes with a circuit breaker. It comes with an A&L-style fuse, a high-amperage fuse to protect all of this, right. and a couple of battery terminals. Not to mention, all of the cables are already pre-terminated have uh, a shrink wrap on them and even have uh, uh, lug protectors on them, uh, you know, like the rubber cap that goes over the end to protect not only the uh, the wire itself, but the connection point onto it uh, as, as well. Yeah, this looks like, I mean, we, uh, and I don't think anybody here, any of the hosts has actually dealt with this kit. So check no. reviews and so on and so yeah. forth, but it looks like a very good quality uh, kit and I would say it's well made. Yeah. Uh, the only the only thing that I would uh, I, I don't like the battery terminals that are included with this. I think they're relatively cheap and low end. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, they're they're of a type that gives you the ability to to mount a a, a large degree of accessories onto the battery terminal itself. Right. So if you've got you know a lot of leads for multiple lights, you know your rock light leads, your 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 lights in the front lead, your lights in the back lead. You've got your amplifier. You've got your winch. I mean you've got five six seven different things all hooked up to one terminal on the battery it's going to look like well yeah <laughs> it's going to look pretty bad pretty nasty especially if you don't have the right kind of amount to put all those things onto one battery terminal so and this and does they make a that. lot of battery uh, connectors so you don't have to oh, yeah. use these you can get better ones and, and use this kit with it but uh yeah, yeah. So anyway, you can, uh, and, and I would imagine that, uh, I mean, you need to, I would recommend looking for a YJ configuration, but you can also upgrade your alternator on a YJ, but you, and you still need to upgrade the, the cabling because it needs to be able to handle that additional uh, amperage that the alternator will put out. Uh, so just keep that in mind. You can't just change the alternator. Uh, it'll be perfectly fine until you start using that additional power that's available from it, and then that's when the problems may start. Uh, and then yeah. the problems I'm I'm saying could lead up to a fire. So you you definitely want to make sure that you upgrade the battery cables. And you know I, I don't know what comes in JK's uh, as far as uh, what the current is. Everybody needs more power, right? Uh, so uh, this could be uh, you could do some research if you have a JK. Uh, I mean, I don't. I think I'm doing good on the Gladiator because with the tow package, I think I've got a 245 uh, amp alternator in my in the Gladiator. So I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, I mean, they, JeepCables.com, this uh, website that Tony was talking about, uh, they have stuff for JKs as well. You can choose your engine configuration. Uh, you can choose your wire size. Uh, all that sort of stuff still made with the same uh, same you know kind of wires uh, still terminated the same comes with all the uh, uh, all the goodies that we were talking about as well so I mean it's certainly an option is it the best one I, I don't know I can't I can't say one way or to the other um, it, what interesting uh, thing that I noticed Tony is that the area code for this is actually an Oregon area code oh well you need to go over there and Ooh. talk to them I'm gonna <laughs> have to uh, reach out to these people and find out where they're at. <laughs> Oh my God! They have an XJ double den radio kit. Ha! Huh? <laughs> How about that? Uh, Down the rabbit hole you both go. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if, if you want to put any a big thing, we actually—I yeah. I think I gave you a hard time about that too. But yeah, I know. Uh, oh, I have a—I have a, 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 a one of those uh, flat screens in my uh, XJ. 
Uh, and it, the hardest part, I mean, putting the thing in wasn't a big deal. The hard part was making it look nice by having a, a, a double-din bezel. So, uh, oh, my God, this thing is a decent price, 65 bucks. I think I paid 90 for mine. Uh, oh, wow. Some XJ people are, go, are freaking out, like, what are you talking about? So, yeah. So the, the, the radio that came in the XJ was a din and a half, you know, because it's a standard. Uh, <laughs> so they made uh, adapters where you could put a single din uh, and den just has to do with the size of the radio. You could put a single den in there, but I hated that. It just looks it looked weird. Uh, and uh, you could, uh, with a little bit of cutting of the AC system and some of that aluminum tape uh, to uh, seal it back up uh, and still function, uh, you could put a, a, a dual den radio in there with GPS and uh, listen to you know radio from, I mean, listen to songs from uh, a USB drive, all kinds of crap, you know, modern day stuff. And uh, the hard part was finding a, uh, a bezel, that center console area, that would actually fit a, a, a double-din radio. And somebody, one of our listeners, told me about it, and it was just absolutely wonderful. I was so happy. But I think it was like 90 bucks from Crutchfield or something. And I just thought that was really expensive for a, uh, a, a bezel. But anyway, they've got that on there. So this is, this is I like this. They've got Grand Cherokee, Cherokee, uh, uh, XJ, TJ, WJ, JK. Uh, Liberty, uh, they've got a lot of stuff here. We'll have to. Uh, I'll have to tell Chris about these guys. We may have to. Yeah, get them we may on. have to reach out to them and get them on. And hell, if they're if they're in Oregon, uh, oh, I, I mean, might you could have do them it. in studio. That's yeah. right. Take your well. You've already done yours. I was going to say you could take your XJ over there and have them show you directly. <laughs> <laughs> I show them how it's done. <laughs> well, what do you think about this talk, Jeeper? Is this something that you'd like to get in on? Do you have uh, something to chime in? Maybe two cents, uh, you know, something to, to add to this conversation? Well, then you are a perfect candidate for our Tuesday episodes where we invite you, the Jeeper, to uh, join us as we record an episode live. And uh, it's a lot of fun. We call it our roundtable episodes. And it happens every Tuesday, and we invite you, the listener, to join us. There's no special VIP or pay-to-play, anything like that. If this is your first time listening to the show, and you think, well, that sounds like something like uh, I would enjoy and be fun, it is a lot of fun, and you can join us our the very next Tuesday. Uh, and uh, it's very easy to do. Uh, sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter. Uh, in that, you will find out all the information that you need to join in on the fun. The uh, newsletter is free. Uh, we don't spam you. It comes from us, one email a week. Uh, in that, you will find all kinds of information about uh, about joining in on the fun with the show. And, of course, also who we're going to be talking to, who we're interviewing, what we're going to be giving away and when. Your best, uh, your best chance of getting in on those giveaways is uh, getting up and subscribing to that newsletter uh, to get the best information about what's happening and when. So head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and, uh, and sign up for the newsletter. And we'll see you next Tuesday on our roundtable episode. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until our next episode, be sure to thank your local Jeep club for doing what they do. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. It's a choo-choo. Podcasting since 2010.